so she shares with us. Let me fix that collar underneath there. Thank you. Is that good? <laughs> yeah. I know, and I've got this turtleneck thing on. I don't like to wear it either, so collars. But, <clears throat> yeah, I'm so nervous. I don't think I can watch the game. That's just how I am. I can't do it. <clears throat> so I have to just watch like this because the football team is doing so well. <laughs> they are. Yeah. <laughs> But I digress, so anyway, but go Cowboys. <clears throat> no, anyway, so last week, you know, you had this message, and it was on my heart, and, you know, I just texted you all that stuff because I couldn't sleep and everything, and so just a little point that I wanted to make, and last service was good. Everybody got to share their heart, and I never want to take up too much time because I can never make a long story short okay. or anything, so... Um, what's still on my heart about that is, is about the box, and, you know, now is a time-bound word, you know, so whenever he says now, when he was speaking, when you read it, we don't bring that into now. Uh, it was for them, you know, like now the time is coming when things are slowly passing. Anyway, so that's, um, but last week when the man, um, he healed the man by the pool of Bethesda, and whenever the Pharisees saw him taking up his mat, he was like, who, who told you to take up your mat? and go and walk, and he didn't know who the man was, and so anyway, the next verse, Jesus goes and he finds him, and he's in the temple, and so like I said, I could just visualize it, no, no, you got to go back up and do it the correct way, the right way, the way that we are doing it, and so Jesus goes and he finds him, and what stood out to me, and what people always, and this is, you know, this is my version, my, um, Opinion, let me find that here. Because I, I, how I do is I, I write and it just flows out. <clears throat> but Jesus told the man when he found him in the temple, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest something worse come upon you. And so we think of that like, oh my gosh, we have to continue doing this because if I go out and send something worse, well, what can be worse than your affliction of your body? And, you know, so I can just visualize Jesus revealing himself right in the middle of the temple, his I amness. And he was like, behold, and he said, behold, see that you have been made well, pure. And he, they're right in the temple. And he's like, this isn't that. It isn't going to give you that. It's going to give you the opposite of that. And we see that um, whenever, who told you that, we can go back to the garden because accusations and deception started in the garden and when the serpent, the snake, uh, you know, told them, and God said, who told you you were naked? And so what that did was open their conscience. So when the Pharisee said, who told you to take up your mat? You know, that's connecting the same thing because in Matthew, John the Baptist and Jesus in chapter 3, and then in G Jesus in Matthew 12 called the Pharisees a brood of vipers because, you know, they were referring back to the snake. You know, the root of vipers, you know, who was telling one of them to do their religious thing. And so what could be worse than your affliction? He is saying because it opens up your sin, your sin consciousness. And whenever something worse coming upon you, then do you, you're going to have to go back into slavery. You're not going to be free. And you're going, that is worse off than laying by a pool because you're going to be so full of condemnation and shame from not being able to measure up by just simply believing and receiving the gift of healing and eternal life, which is Aeonian life, which is life for that age that he would have to be able to live a full abundant life. And so that's, to me, what I can just see going on in the temple. He's like, all oh, this right in the middle of it, just like whenever the gates of hell, you know, at Peter, <laughs> they say the gates of hell, when we were in Israel, you know, he goes right up in the middle of all that pagan stuff. Well, who do you, he just does that just so he can show who he is and his I amness. And so I also read another guy and it's like, oh my gosh, he's on the same wavelength because what religion wants to do is try to shove Jesus and grace back into a box. And that's just not, we, we can't, you're not going to let that happen. Because what happens is then you're going to be more enslaved. You're going you're, you're to owe a debt that you can never pay because it's all in your works. Your conscious is aware that what I have to do in order to keep whatever is, is worse because sin, what, what they're talking about sin and, and flesh, is they all equated that to the law because the law was meant to stir up sin. 
That's what it was meant to do. It was meant to show where you were weak. It was meant to show where you can't do it. That's what the law was meant to do. And he was, Jesus said, you know, you believe every other man coming and going, John and Moses, but you're not going to believe me, you know? And so that's what he said to them. And so that's why John calls them a brood of vipers and, and just all equates that. So it, it's all a, a continuous story. It's all a continuous vein of, of how he was in bodily form. They couldn't accept that grace. He was there, the Godhead, in bodily form right in front of them. And he just goes right up to the temple and all that's like, this ain't that. I am. Behold, see, look. What you behold, you become. And I have made you that, what you are, well, pure, restored. And so that's just what I wanted. Do you all get that? I mean, so because when you go, when, when he's like, when sin no more, let something worse come upon you. Not a worse sickness, but I can't imagine anything being in a mental bondage of going to bed thinking, oh my gosh, because you're just in this turmoil. That is worse to me. I would rather know I'm secure in my sickness than I am secure in my, I have to do it myself because it cannot, right? So that's the worst thing is mental slavery, mental slavery to that system that he's freed us of. And that's how bad, that's how he, Jesus equated that system. was like, that, that, this is worse than when you laying by the pool. Okay? So I was just excited to share that. And so I didn't want to do it last week, but I wanted to do it this week. And so just receive the gift, enjoy now his presence. And that was another thing. And I'll just pray, Heavenly Father, thank you so much. I can just see you right now talking to that man. I can see you talking to me. Behold, I am am in you, and I have made you well. And Lord, I just see that, and I'm thankful. And I just praise you, and I honor you. And I just pray that everyone's eyes and ears and hearts be open to receive so our minds can can speak it, and our hearts, we feel it, and they're one. They speak the same thing. And we, we just receive that, and we're thankful, and we believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good stuff. I'm thankful for the gift that I have in you, because she helps me. So, I am uh, very blessed and privileged and uh, it just boggles my mind that God has allowed me to use the gift that I have to stand before a group of people every week. And the platform is not just here at Grace Life. There are so many people that respond to us on a weekly basis from all over the country and literally the world. I'm in constant contact with a man now in uh, Pakistan. Uh, that has a TV station that has played some of our YouTube videos on his TV station that reaches over 89 million people in Pakistan and India. Um, it, it's just, it's amazing. And, you know, the crowd here every week is different. There's a different group of people here every week. We'll, we'll have 79 one week. We'll have 49 the next week. We'll have 89. And there's always a different mixture uh, of people uh, that are here, um, I would say I'm, we have one family of about 20 that if they want married, buried, hatched, and dispatched, they call us, uh, you know, that we're their church. They may not be in the building. We have close, close friends uh, that support this ministry that don't make it to the building, and that's okay. Um, you know, in my days gone by, that wasn't okay. You know what I'm talking about? Because if you didn't come to church, you weren't a Christian. Um, that's like saying if you go to McDonald's, you won't be a Big Mac. But uh, we're, we're thankful that you chose to worship with us and that you listen uh, to the message. We believe that there is some good news that's getting uh, seeded root 
deep rootedness in your life that is helping change the way that you see things. I was talking to a dear pastor that I've just made contact with in North Carolina this week. He's an associate pastor of a Pentecostal church. He's been eating up. He's literally asking me for every note that I have on all types of series. He'll say, hey, what about this one? You preached on the Holy Ghost. Hey, you, you preached on the power of Jesus. And I'm just sending him notes. He's watching our YouTube uh, video. But he's, the, whole, the whole thing that is happening is as the revelation of grace unfolds to him and he begins to look at the Scripture with a different lens, uh, things that he could not connect dots with before by the revelation of Holy Ghost he's able to connect dots now and things that have never made sense are making sense to him and once you've seen it you can't unsee it I see head shaking once you see this revelation I, I can't go back I've begun to enjoy life I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy life for the first 37 years of my Chris, Christian walk but it was there was a lot of frustration there was a lot of times of quitting because i couldn't live up to the standards um you know standards that i was putting on myself most of the time when i read the scripture and you know i was one of these guys that when i read the sermon on the mount that was an elevation of the law the law said this but jesus said if you even think a bad thought but see what he was saying he wasn't elevating the law because the law you can't keep it so why would he come and elevate something that you couldn't keep? So when I began to read the scripture through the lens of grace and what I was hearing him say and seeing him say now is, I know your thoughts, I know the intentions of your heart, and I'm greater than your heart, and I still love you. Well, that's what's helping me. Anybody like to get presents? If I was to hand out these presents, which one would you want first? The biggest one, the, the one in the back that you can't see that I hid for myself. <laughs> uh, if there's anyone who likes presents, his name is Dr. James R. Wright Jr. He, my dad loves to receive gifts. He takes gifts all month long in October. He'll tell you what size shoes and pants he wears for Christmas. He loves to receive gifts. Uh, Kids love to receive gifts. I believe that's his child likeness in his heart that he likes to receive gifts. And if we were all honest, we love presents. We love to receive. Um, I do. I like Christmas gifts. I like Christmas presents. I like uh, birthday gifts. Uh, it's, can any of you rem remember your, your most the greatest gift that you ever received, and I'm not talking about Jesus right now. He's the greatest gift that we got, I understand. But at Christmas, do you have a memory of a gift that kept on year after year? It was a good gift for you. I got a huffy bicycle when I was 10 years old that lasted me a long time. It was the greatest Christmas gift, I believe, that I received. Most memorable anyway. Anybody have one of those gifts that stands out in your mind and you enjoyed that? Well, with that type of thought in our minds today, let's look at the subject of enjoying the present. Um, much of the last two years, and you can say amen or on me, but la most of the last two years, because of COVID and the political agenda and scene in America, most of the last two years has been very divisive. Do you agree? We've gotten so preoccupied uh, with our differences. We have focused in on so much of, well, you don't believe this and I believe this, and I don't like you and you can't be a Christian because you affiliate with this political party. Or you want this to be the cure, and if you don't get this, then you're, you, don't, you don't agree with me and you don't care about me, and so you don't get that. And we've just made our... The differences and the divide has gotten greater and it's distracted us from the light. Causing a lot of dark areas in people's lives. Even within the church. I'm telling you, we have lost, uh, not just this church when I talk about uh, the church, but the church has lost a lot of people over the last two years because of decisions that pastors made or didn't make. Some will never go back to church. It wasn't a heaven or hell issue. It wasn't even a doctrinal issue. 
Pastors made decisions that divided the congregation trying to do the best that they knew how to do with what they were presented with of what was going on in our country. And now the church uh, nationwide has lost over 40% of its attendance. When you lose 40% of your attendance because of the dark areas that have crept in to society and into the church, do you know how much financially that cripples the church? And again, I'm not just talking about Grace Life. I'm talking about the church of God, nation and worldwide. We need a return, if I can get an amen, a hallelujah, a praise God, an agreement. We need a return of our focus to enjoying and living in the present. And enjoying His presence in the present. Um, it's time to get back to living in the moment. Living in the now. We're going to talk about that and discuss that a little bit. We when we begin to return to a focus of uh, living in the present, in the now, that lets the light of God heal any of the deep, dark places that we've let creep in and have settled in because of the differences. Man, the, Lisa gave me this. The, the differences that have been displayed on grand display on social media, are if you will let it, it will exhaust you and overwhelm you. I say turn it off. Let's not only return our focus, let's reacquaint ourselves with the knowledge of His goodness. Jennifer sang it this morning. Uh, his goodness is running after me. If we can reacquaint ourselves with the goodness of God, one part of one of those songs today said, take me back to where it first started. Why? Because we came to God because the goodness of God draws men to repentance. But a lot of times when the dark areas creep in and we lose our focus, then we lose our joy and we forget about the goodness of God and we need to reacquaint ourselves with the goodness of God. How does that happen? By living in the now. Living in the moment, enjoying the present reality that we have in the kingdom of God. There has been so much focus, uh, attention given to in the church, the future. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? There is so much attention that the present reality of the kingdom of God has been dismantled and not even talked about because all that we live for in the church is performing so that you have a security and a future. Because if you don't do certain things, all that you're doing right now, people aren't enjoying life because it, it's work, it's labor, it's toiling to make sure that your good outweighs your bad so that when you die, you can spend eternity with Jesus. Can I settle that right now? Can I just settle that for you? The moment that you believed, your future was secure. Boom, smack, pow, blam, boop, done. It's secure. That, if you can come to that reality, if you can begin to realize that your future has been taken care of, then that will give you the reality of enjoying living in the present. Hmm. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. He just didn't give you salvation and you can enjoy that one split moment of uh, exuberation and joy because you've come into the kingdom of God, but now you don't get to enjoy the rest of your life. You have to wait till you die to enjoy it. Kill me right now. If I have to wait till I die to enjoy life and the benefits of the inheritance of the kingdom, why don't we just die? If death is the ultimate goal so that you can achieve Living with Him in eternity, I, I don't get, I don't understand, I can't comprehend why you would want to keep on living. But man, I'm enjoying life. I, you got one amen. I, I have really began to enjoy life. I enjoy every detail of life. I enjoy my wife. I enjoy my, my children. I enjoy coming to church and fellowshipping with you. I enjoy the opportunity to get to share good news of great joy, which is to all men. Not just at Christmas time. There's no part of the good news that's bad news. We get to share good news all the time. We get to talk about Jesus and how good He is and how big He is and how much He loves us. And it is exciting. It's it has changed my life.
this revelation. I believe it can change yours if you allow it. He always is giving. We always are receiving. In this covenant that he made with himself, he placed you and I in a position to receive, and he is a gift that keeps on giving. You, we could just exalt, we could spend all day and not exhaust the list of what he's given to us that never fails. His love never fails and runs out. His grace never fails or runs out. His mercy, his compassion, his tenderness, his kindness towards us. I mean, matter of fact, there's an unlimited resource of supplies because every night when you go to bed, when you get up in the morning, it's a brand new supply. His mercy is new every morning. It's a brand new supply. All right, let's open up the Scriptures. Let's go to Psalm chapter 46, verse 1. As we look at enjoying the present. If you have your smart devices, your digital copies, or your written copies, if you don't, uh, it might be hard to see in this, on the screen. Look off of somebody next to you, but Psalm 46 verse 1, David says, God is my refuge and strength. Watch this. A very present, underline that word present in your Bible. He is a very present help in trouble. I am thankful this morning for an abundantly available help. <laughs> a help that I don't have to wait for. A hope that is readily available for me. It is so abundantly available to me, a present help in trouble, that before I even ask, he's already sent the answer. That's what John's gospel says. That before you can even ask for the help, ever been in a situation where all you could do is say help? Yes. He, was, he knew that you were going to cry out help in that moment. He had already dispatched the help before you cried out help to him. Why? Because he's a very present. That is an ever-present help even if every structure of support were to crumble away. Look at the rest of chapter 46. She would say, even if the earth passes away, we will not fear even if the earth spins out of control, the mountains were to crumble and the waters to run wild. Why? Because he is a very present. He is an ever-present help in the midst of our trouble. We need to enjoy the present. Because there's nothing that anybody or anything could throw at you that could derail or detour you from His goodness overshadowing you and overtaking you. He is a very present and abundantly available help in time of trouble. I'm trying to help you and preach you happy this morning. Any, one of, <laughs> we've been watching Christmas movies. And Lisa, probably three times already, has watched, uh, what is it? National Lampoon's. Christmas vacation with Chevy Chase. <sighs> when he goes on the rant, Cousin Eddie says, Clark, it's just a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> That's her favorite part. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. But one of my favorite all-time Christmas stories and then made a movie, especially by the Muppets, was A Christmas Carol. And I was intrigued always growing up by the uh, ghosts that were in the Christmas um, carol story. Anybody remember the three ghosts that show up? So it would be all right if I use an analogy of those three ghosts this morning. Let's look at the Christmas, the ghost of Christmas past. Uh, let's wait a second. I'll get to that. I won't get ahead of myself because <laughs> I'm excited about part. That part. But this Christmas, let's get back to enjoying the present. The word present has two meanings. It's the period of time occurring right now. Not the past, not the future. It's the present, enjoying it right now. And it also means a gift that is given. When we recognize the present in our lives, and Jesus is that present, we can start living in the present and enjoying the present. But if you don't realize the present that's in you, and you're not enjoying the present that's in you, you won't enjoy the present. Does that make sense? 
I can't enjoy the moment right now if I'm not uh, aware and recognizing the present that, li that lives inside of me, His presence. When I acknowledge that and I'm aware of that, and I live with that in heart and mind, then I can begin to enjoy the present, the now. Psalm 37 verse 4 says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Can I tell you that this has been mistranslated? It also has been misused and a lot of times abused from the pulpit. Because what we've done is we've given a command to people and we've told them, do everything you can so that God delights in you. That's not what the Scripture says. The, the Scripture is telling you to delight yourself in Him. The Hebrew word here is alnag, not eggnog, but alnag. <laughs> what is it? Alnag, yeah. Eggnag is the... Hebrew spelling, but it's pronounced all nag. And it means to find enjoyment in. This is the word delight. So if we use that, then you find delight in the Lord. Because He sure has found delight in you. I mean, she, uh, Jennifer quoted Zephaniah 3.17. We used it two weeks ago. He's dancing over you, winning victory over victory in your life. Singing and dancing. He has delighted in you. He finds enjoyment in you. We find enjoyment in Him. He is my beloved and I am His. As, and as I find this enjoyment in His life, then it, it comes out like this, and the common English version says it very well. Enjoy the Lord eternal. He is giving you what your heart's imagination asks for. The imagination of your heart. Matter of fact, Ephesians 3.20 says it's above and beyond anything that you could think or imagine or even ask for. Man, if you can find delight in that, He's given you everything. Here's the question then. Can you enjoy the present if there's pain in your present? Can you enjoy the present if there's loss in your present? If there's chaos, if there's destruction. See, it's time to turn off the news and quit looking at everything that causes your mind to focus on everything that's going wrong in your life when really all that is going right in your life is all that matters. And there's so much more going right in your life than you can even comprehend right now. But we've got to enjoy the present. I believe that we can celebrate in the midst of chaos. We can celebrate in the midst of confusion, loss, grief, pain. We can celebrate it. Why? Because this is the day which the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We make a choice to enjoy the present. Paul didn't say to be thankful for all things. He said to be thankful in all things. So I can enjoy life even if there's pain. How many of you are in pain in your physical body? You're, you're experiencing pain. You can enjoy life even in the midst of that pain. I'll share with you something here in just a minute that will help even physical pain. Okay? Deals with enjoying the present. Now let me talk about my ghost. The ghost of Christmas past will haunt you with guilt and shame of what you've done or not done in the past. Regret. It wants to keep you locked down in the pain of your past and in that regret. And when we live there, the pain continues, the regret continues, the shame continues. You live in guilt. That makes you frustrated, and that's why a lot of people quit. They just give up. There are many faces that aren't present in the building this morning that have quit. They've given up. They've given up on God. They've given up on the church. It's because of pain. Pain of the past. Pain of the way they wish they had done something differently. The inner me, <laughs> the enemy of their soul will begin to fight them with regret and confusion and then doubt 
And then when doubt creeps in and they say, well, I should have done this and I can't redo this and because I can't redo this, then I have to live with all the decisions that I've made. Can I just cast that back to the pit of hell where it came from and tell you that the ghost of past is, uh, you can't live in your past. The light of God is seeping into every dark area of his life and the grace of God is available to you to heal the heart. It's a deep inner healing. See, all the law does was put a Band-Aid on it. Because then you have to do something else. Then there's hurt and pain in that because you didn't do it correctly. So you have to put another Band-Aid on it. But when grace enters in and the light of God penetrates into those dark areas, it brings deep inner healing to you and the ghost of Christmas past will not haunt you any longer. It's time to enjoy the present. We've got to stop living in the past. Quit letting that ghost of the past creep up into your life and haunt you. Now the ghost of Christmas future will get you preoccupied with fear, anxiety, and worry. And all of that fear, anxiety, and worry is about things that haven't even happened yet and may never happen. You've played out so many scenarios in your head of what could happen and what might happen. Man, I tell you, (laughs) there are things running through my head right now that I did when I was a kid and a teenager and a young adult. And I was worried and had anxiety and feared what was going to happen when my dad found out. And I would run through those scenarios of what was going to happen. How that I will say this and then he'll say that. What are you laughing at, Tim? You've been there too. And they never happened. And I think that that's a way that a lot of Christians are believing and they've let that ghost of Christmas future interrupt enjoying Living in the now. Living in the now has become difficult in the church because we've encouraged people to think about their future and all that you do in the present is perform and produce so that in the future you can have something that's promised if you perform and produce to a certain level. Uh, I want to give you a Christmas gift right now. Are you ready to receive it? Stop thinking about your performance. You can give yourself that gift. Stop thinking about your performance. It doesn't matter. Well, pastor, stop worrying about your performance. Stop thinking about it. Enjoy the present, Jesus. And enjoying him is not a duty. It's a delight. Now, both of these ghosts, past and future, are symbols of terror and disbelief, and they're used to distract you from the present. The present being being now, and the present being Jesus. Living in the past or living in the future will only haunt you and cause you to be distracted from enjoying the present, Jesus, and the present now. I'm living in the now, man. This is a good day. I'm enjoying life right now. I know I keep saying that, but I want to get it across to you this morning that you really can enjoy life. I was in my 40s before I really began to enjoy life. I'm not saying that I didn't enjoy my kids, that I didn't enjoy certain activities and moments in my life, but I'm talking about waking up every morning with no guilt, no condemnation, no frustration, no fear, no anxiety, laying my head down at night and not having to pray a prayer that I prayed when I was a kid, lie, lay me down to sleep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Because I didn't know if I'd done enough good or prayed enough prayers or given enough money to make it to heaven. So please, Lord, if I die before I wake, take my soul. I have a confident assurance now (laughs) that no matter what I do or say, because I believed in Him, I've placed my faith in Him, I received eternal life the moment that I believed. He marked my name down. He settled it in heaven and guaranteed me an eternal life with quality of life now and quantity of life when I die. The Holy Ghost is the ghost of Christmas present. And one of the the main ways that I've learned Jesus is ever present and even in the way that he presents himself in the scripture as being ever present, and Lisa alluded to it, is that he is the great I am. He is not the great I was. 
He's not even the great I shall be. Was he in your future? Absolutely. Is he in your future? Absolutely. Was he in your past? He sure was. And a lot of the counseling that we try to do is to take people back to traumatic situations in their past and to show them where Jesus was and how he was reacting. Because if they can see that he was present in their past and he is present in their future, they can be healed and begin to enjoy the present. But throughout Scripture, he is the great I am. That can give us confidence that He is that ever-present help available and abundant in our lives in the midst of trouble. What does He say in John's Gospel? If you'll look at chapters 1 all the way through 15, you will find that He is the bread of life. He said, I'm the bread of life that has come down from heaven. Bread sustains life. So Christ offers you spiritual sustaining power through the bread that he is when we eat the bread of communion we are reminded that he is the bread of heaven that gave us life and he is sustaining our life he said i am the light of the world in every dark situation in every dead situation he is the resurrection and the life he said i am the light of the world i am the door to the sheep i am the good shepherd i am the way the truth and the life i am the true vine is that enough confident assurance through scripture to tell us that he's the great i am now here's that part i was telling you about that i want to give you that's going to help with your health does anybody need help in their health because i believe when we get help in our mental health our emotional health and our physical health, we can enjoy the present. Would you agree? Here are a few thoughts that may help you. Stop beating yourself up. Have you ever had those moments where you beat yourself up of what you could have done, should have done, or wish you had done, or the things that you wished you hadn't have done? Stop beating yourself up over past mistakes and things that you don't even know that you will do or not do tomorrow. Don't beat yourself up over that. Don't limit yourself. There is greatness in all of you. You can enjoy trying new things. Here's a good one. Learn to say no. Some chuckles. Because my yes to Darius is automatically a no to something else. And I'm not saying just to say no to everything, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, but some of you say yes to everything. I have a problem with that. And then what happens to me, and Lisa will tell me, slow down, you're doing too much. Running here, running there, doing this, taking care of that, trying to do that. And I'm still enjoying life. I'm just going 100 mile an hour. But I want to enjoy life up into my 90s with good health. So say, learn to say no. That's helping somebody right now. Cultivate relationship with God. That means spend time with Him. Not out of duty, trying to perform to please God because He's already pleased in you, but out of delight because you enjoy spending time with Him. And in that communion, as you cultivate that relationship, He will begin to open up your eyes to a whole lot of new things that will refresh you. Learn to pause in the moment. Enjoy your meals. We are a fast food culture that I can't remember what Dr. Caroline Leaf said, how much even eating a fast food meal in the car, how much that does to certain levels in your body that causes brain activity to lessen. Uh, it, it causes all types of physical problems as well because if you're eating in the car, you're probably going to eat a meal in less than 30 minutes. But when you can sit down, begin to talk, have fellowship, enjoy your meal. How many of you grew up in a home that had dinner every night with the family? Do you know that's almost completely obsolete in America now? We're so busy running here and there that um, we learned about each other's day. We learned about what was going on at school. We learned about what 
Um, Mom and Dad had did through the week. We made plans for vacations, plans for holidays. Where do we do it? Around the dinner table, having communion and fellowship with one another. That's why I personally believe that one of the most important services and least attended services at Grace Life is dinner on Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock. I know it's busy. I know that there's things going on, but you can really begin to have fellowship, make some friends, and really connect with a body of people that becomes family. That will help you enjoy life. 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, verse 17, tells us, Trust in God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. There's a song that we're going to start singing at Grace Life next year by Josh Baldwin. If you haven't heard it, look it up on YouTube or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening to music on. It's called Evidence. And one of the lines of that song says, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. I would uh, take an inventory and really check my life if, if I was in a place where I couldn't say that I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. Uh, Paul was telling Timothy in the 6th chapter, verse 17, God has given us richly all things. There's not anything that you've been given that has not come from your Father in heaven, and He's given it to you to enjoy. There are church groups, there are religious organizations that teach you that uh, denying self has deals with denying all worldly pleasures. I don't know how in the world that you could say, take 1 Timothy 6.17 and not believe that God's given you all things to enjoy. And there are groups of people and pockets of religious organizations that are robbing people of joy because they said these certain things and different groups have different agendas. Some don't enjoy any electrical. They just don't believe in electricity, period. They won't own a car. Um, I work with people on a weekly basis that you can't get a hold of them because they, won't, they don't have a cell phone. They don't have electricity in their house. They still, in their community, use horse and buggies. And that's all religious mindset that says, if you enjoy any of these things, then you're not godly. How can you do that? And I'm, I'm not condemning or putting them, I don't understand their culture. I want to enjoy life, and I take the scripture in 1 Timothy 6.17 that God has richly given me, how many things? All things to enjoy. So why aren't people enjoying life? Have you ever ran into any sourpusses that don't enjoy life? They just don't like life at all? You've heard that word before, haven't you, somewhere? Maybe, Maybe my dad said that, <laughs> yep. You know why people aren't enjoying life? They're trying to please everybody. They're waiting for permission from God to enjoy life. They're waiting for the right time to enjoy life. Basically, that's out in their future somewhere when they die. They're comparing themselves to other people. I really like Joyce Myers because she's convinced that you can enjoy everyday life. So much so that that's what she's called her television broadcast, enjoying everyday life. I really like Joe Osteen because he's confident that God wants you to enjoy your best life now. Not when you die, now. So, uh, Jennifer, if you would come and play and wrap it up here. If the emphasis continues to be on our performance and our works, you're never going to be able to enjoy the present. John 10.10, 10, Jesus says that he came to give us life and that more abundantly. Everything in abundance, more than you can expect. Life to its fullness, overflowing. Enjoying life 
begins as you begin to live out of the overflow and the abundance that he has provided for us. Real quickly, not to belabor it, but I want to give you six things that are going to help you enjoy the present. Okay? These are thoughts. They all come from Romans, the eighth chapter. Not going to read the chapter. Go home and read it for yourself. Study it out this week. But here's a few things that I believe will help you enjoy the present. Number one, it's a life without condemnation. There's therefore, God's not angry at me. There's no condemnation. Number two, enjoying the present is enjoying a life without domination. We're no longer under the domain or the domination of sin. We've been set free from a life of sin and death. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Begin to enjoy your life and the freedom that you have. You're not under domination. You're under grace. We can enjoy the present because it's a life without desperation. There was a song that we used to sing 10, 15 years ago in the church. And it went something like this, Lord, I'm desperate for you. I don't sing that song anymore <laughs> because I'm not desperate for him. Why? Because he's present in my life. He's an available, abundant help. Where is, he's right here. I understand that there's desperate situations and you might cry out in desperation, but there's not a desperation if you've really begun to enjoy life in the sun. Enjoy the present of a life without limitation. A life without intimidation. And a life without separation. Because there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? Man, for two years, all we've heard is pandemic, pandemic, pandemic. Can I, but I, can I tell you what we have an epidemic of? Legalism. There's an epidemic of legalism that has crippled the church and has spread like wildfire, and it's caused most Christians not to enjoy their life. I could ask each one of you, and you could tell me, you would give me a name of a Christian that is pretty miserable, not enjoying life. Wouldn't know if they were a Christian or not if you talked to them because it's woe is me. If there wasn't any, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Just negative, <laughs> not enjoying life. The antidote for this epidemic of legalism can be found when you begin to un understand the incredible riches of his inheritance. It's what Paul told us in Ephesians 1, 18 through 20. He said that we can enjoy the riches of his inheritance. We've repeated it, and I want to remind you this morning, an inheritance is not what you get when you die. An inheritance is what you receive when somebody else died. And he died to give us his life. It's his inheritance that he's given to us to enjoy right now. The exceeding greatness of his power that's towards us. Man, I, I just trust that this has gotten into your spirit. I, and when I say trust, I'm believing that it is. It's gotten, gotten into your spirit. And you're going to begin to enjoy life. That's my prayer for you as your pastor, as a friend, as a brother or sister in Christ. I want you to begin to enjoy life. And that's what we want to offer people when we come in contact with them is the goodness of God that will if they'll live in it, the favor of God that's on their life and they become aware of it, they can really begin to enjoy life. What I don't want you to misunderstand is that none of this negates the fact that there are problems, battles, trials, situations in life. I'm not giving you appeal that if you'll take this and call me in the morning, everything's going to be all right. But you can enjoy life in spite of all those things and have confidence that He is a very present help in the midst of those storms and those battles. Talked a few weeks ago about getting refreshed and one of the ways that you can get refreshed in your soul and your spirit is by listening to worship music. 
even other types of music. I listen to other types of music that refreshes my soul. I'm sorry if you're not a journey found and you can't keep on believing. <laughs> but, uh, man, right now there's a lot of spiritual worship songs that are ministering to me. That Evidence song and another one of Josh Baldwin's songs is The Battle Belongs to the Lord. Uh, it's just incredible how when I think of a trouble or a situation, uh, uh, even some discouragements that's creeping in, and I can put that song on and listen. <laughs> the battle belongs to you. And then I just keep on enjoying life. Uh, so be refreshed with that today. And, and I trust that this Christmas you'll begin uh, to enjoy life and then it carries on throughout the year and then it just doesn't pop up in the season of life when we think about presence and gifts, but it's a constant present of His presence in your life and you begin to enjoy that. Amen. Did you bow your heads with me? I know that I, I even wrote this down. I'll get this little sticky note out here to pray for people uh, this morning that are feeling lonely. They're still experiencing grief. They've lost a loved one. And this is the season of life when it comes a little more difficult. Maybe especially if it's the first season. I know for some of you it is a first season without a love Christmas season without a loved one. Um, this is my third Christmas without my mom who loved Christmas. Uh, talked to Lee Hot yesterday. She lost her mother and her husband within a month of, month of each other and is now facing Christmas uh, without either one of them for the first time. So if you're experiencing loss, grief, uh, and loss, man, people, some people have lost their jobs. I was just talking to someone downstairs before church. Their son lost his job. Let's pray for all of those who've lost homes, lost loved ones, businesses in these uh, tornadoes that have taken place where over 100 people have been uh, killed in the, the last 24 to 48 hours. Uh, they have to rebuild. They have to, and people lost their homes. Christmas was in those homes and there just needs, there's a lot of chaos spinning around, but uh, we point them to the one who can help them enjoy life and rebuild it all. And let's ask for his help this morning in that. If you're one of those that needs that special prayer, would you lift your hand wherever you are? I'm not trying to embarrass you, but I believe the body of Christ can help minister to you this morning. In the back, would some of you ladies gather around Robin there and Wendy? Sheila's over here. Would some of you all just go over to Sheila here? Would you move around in body ministry here for just a moment? You are the hands and feet of Christ, and you can...